You're listening to the Disaster Feminist Podcast with me, Abby Holland. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Oh my God, I'm so happy that it's Friday. And I'm also really um, more cheery than normal because it's about to be March, uh, which could mean, well, it does mean that spring is coming. But also there's something about the hump of getting over January and February, the winter, at least in the Northeast and the Midwest, you know, getting over the last of that winter is just, it's, it almost feels like I'm at the finish line almost. Um, you know, another thing about March is that it's kind of the one year anniversary of when the coronavirus really hit America and we started to go into lockdown. At least I remember that. Um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody remembers that <laughs> unless they want to block it out. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting for some reason. It's really making me excited to get past winter. It, it always is. Winter always, uh, gets me down. You know, I bought one of those happy lights or they're called sad lights actually. Cause it stands for like seasonal something depression. I don't know if I would go so far as to say I have full blown seasonal depression, but I definitely get glum and down and being cold really frustrates me and I get mad. I get even just going outside just makes me angry. So, uh, you know, maybe I need to talk to my therapist about that, but, uh, I did buy one of those sad lights and, you know, sometimes I'll sit in front of it and you kind of feel like a lizard. Like you just feel like you're baking in front of a light or almost maybe like you're in a, a tanning booth or something. I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling, but um, I've been coping through winter with that. I've also been listening to a lot of, uh, a lot of audiobooks. Um, one book that I would re- have been recently listening to is uh, called Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. Uh, she used to write for Jezebel. She's written for you know, a, a lot of these um, outlets that are you know, feminist-leaning, and the whole book is pretty awesome. It, you know, the subtitle is Reflections on Self-Delusion. Um, you know, she talks about feminism. She talks about her life. She talks about how she was in this MTV reality show as a teenager. And, um, I think, I think the show was called boys versus girls. It was, it was almost like a pre road rules show. I think I remember watching it actually. Um, but yeah, she, she actually has this chapter and I also want to shout out to my therapist whose name is also Abby, um, which I've mentioned before, but it's kind of hilarious that I have the same name as my therapist, but, uh, I actually don't care cause I love her so much. Um, but she's the one who reintroduced me to this book because I'm, I had listened to this book when it came out, I believe last year or the year before, and I completely forgot about it. And she, you know, we talk about body image stuff and she brought up this particular chapter in this book, Trick Mirror, which I forgot about and I re-listened to it recently. And the chapter's called Always Be Optimizing. And it basically goes over the idea that women have this idea that we have to always be optimizing our looks. We have to always be wanting it better, always be getting skinnier, always be getting prettier, always, you know, going to the bar class to make sure you're tight and, 
you know, she puts it very eloquently and I highly recommend that you go and, and listen to this book or buy this book. Um, it just reminded me of all of the things that I do, all of the bad habits that I have of, you know, shaming myself for looking a certain way or thinking what I have isn't good enough for, you know, which in turn is like my, I'm, I'm being, I feel like society has programmed me to always be optimizing. It's like my, it's like I, I, I marry my self-worth with me looking my best. I mean, of course I, I want to have a good personality too, but like, you know, in the back of my mind, it's always like, Oh God, you know, what do I look like? My face has these wrinkles now, blah, 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 blah. And it's so funny. I'm, I'm remembering working at uh, lady parts justice, which was a, you know, an abortion access, um, organization, a nonprofit. They're now called abortion access front. And actually my, my guest today, Joelle Johnson, who is fabulous, wonderful comedian, uh, I worked with her there and she was um, a producer there and writer and performer um, along with me and some of my other friends who um, I did comedy with. And we were able to, to, you know, perform and get paid to, you know, be funny and inform people about bodily autonomy. And it was, it was fun and it was great. And we toured the country. It was, it was just fun. And I remember when I started working there, you know, it was a bunch of women and I didn't, I I remember going through a phase of like growing my armpit hair out and, you know, not wearing makeup every day and just going into the office and not having what I looked like be at the center of my everyday and how I felt free doing that. Like it wasn't an extra step that I had to do. I knew that I could you know, I didn't want to, I didn't roll in, in, in pajamas and, you know, like a scumbag, but you know, I would get dressed, you know, shower, but it's like, I didn't have to do a full face of makeup. I didn't have to, you know, worry about how my fupa looked or if I had a camel toe. I mean, I guess I would worry if I had a camel toe. <laughs> I wouldn't want a camel toe ever really, even in a feminist space. Um, some people want that. Maybe some people want that. I don't care. You do you. Um, but I am no longer in that, that feminist world as far as like my day-to-day, my working. Uh, so, and, and now during the pandemic, it's different too. I'm not wearing makeup either because I'm in my home and, and don't really see people. But when pre-pandemic, when I was um, working at SiriusXM, uh, we were going into the studio every day. I started to then trickle back into, oh my God, how do I, what do I look like here? And, and it didn't help that we were on camera every day too. So, you know, I would see videos back every day of me and I'm like, oh God, I look like that. And, and it just kind of like pushed me back into this mindset that I hadn't been in in a long time when I was working in the feminist space. And sometimes I, I mourn that time. I, I mourn, the feeling that I had, the freedom that I had to like really not care if I didn't have mascara on. And, you know, I think that's also, it's recalibrating all the time. And especially now, like once again, pandemic times, that, that thought process of always being, always trying to be optimizing everything and looks at body. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know how I feel about it now. I mean, I certainly 
like I said, I'm not wearing makeup every day. Um, I don't really see people on the streets wearing a lot of makeup. Um, you know, I wonder if after the pandemic, we'll be in a new era of not caring anymore. Or maybe we'll just literally go back to where we were. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I just recommend that you all go listen to or buy the book because it was really awesome and it really spoke to me. Um, but I want to get to my guest today, Joyelle Johnson. She is so funny. She is a stand-up in New York, but she moved to Atlanta when the pandemic happened because that's where her mom lives. And she was able to participate in the Georgia election and be an activist there, which is really exciting. She also went uh, on a cruise like I did, like where um, there's a specific thing happening on it. So I went on the Melissa Etheridge cruise and she went on the Impractical Jokers cruise. So she was performing stand-up all over the cruise and, you know, got to go to the Bahamas. We got to talk about that. And she talked about how someone died while snorkeling off the boat, you know, when they, when the boat was, you know, docked and people got off and then the body had to go back on the boat. We, 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 we got into it and we talked about everything. We talked about, uh, we talked about our old days, uh, at Lady Parts Justice and, oh, there's a siren. Never fails. When I'm recording, there's a siren. Um, but anyway, um, please, uh, enjoy, uh, my conversation with Joyelle Johnson. Before we get to like this cruise stuff, which yeah. I totally need to reminisce about, because I don't know that many people who have actually been on these types of cruises. So this is so great. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about and reminisce a little bit about how we know each other. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was looking at like, I was going over in my head like memories and I'm the first thing that came to mind was when we both worked at Lady Parts Justice League, which now is abortion access front. Yes. Um, and I think we were touring. We went to maybe Raleigh and we painted a fence together and I was dressed up as maybe a vagina. I think. I think Perhaps. I was, okay. You, this is, this is the picture of it. Oh my gosh, pray to end sidewalk bullying. Yes, I remember that. That's a vagina for sure. <laughs> and I remember dancing with you in front of a bus full of anti-abortion, anti-choice people that were going to protest in front of this clinic we were trying to help. Um, Did I have on a tutu? I must yes. have had on a tutu. And I must have been uh, dancing in front of some children mm-hmm. that wanted to come hang out with us and leave their uh, evil anti-choice parents. Yes. <laughs> I and remember that. <laughs> do you also remember, and I want you to tell it, this is also the day that an anti-choice guy rubbed up against you, I think, and then called the police on himself. Oh, wow. Jeez. It's so funny because like we've done so much. That's the one thing about being in pandemic. I'm like, I I did a lot. I did a lot before, (laughs) before this world (laughs) shut down. And yes, I remember that. Um, Yeah. Cause we we were out there protesting and they had to stay on the line and wasn't it like a bush? Wasn't there a bush there? Yes. We were planting planting a bush. Yes, we were planting, planting prickly bushes, I think I remember at this point. And he had, so he 
wherever the line is, because those are the rules, um, I guess, in that certain state is that you have to be a certain amount of feet from the clinic. And so what the anti-choice people do is they will measure the exact amount of feet and they will put their toes right (laughs) exactly where they're not supposed to be. So, of course, us being there for the clinic, we're able to be near the property and, you know, us being the... uh, not scared of shit bitches that we are, we stood right in their faces. And I I have a good time when I am uh, shouting back at an anti-choice person. And I remember the guy, he like rubbed up against me. He got real close to me and rubbed up against me and then called the police. And didn't the, the police came and they were like, so nothing happened? Like, so, nothing happened. Huh? Huh? Why are we here? It was a slow uh, police day in North Carolina. Thank goodness. Um, You know, maybe they weren't out shooting black people, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. they did come and the dude was upset because like nothing happened. He just he thought uh, he thought I guess I was going to get arrested. I don't know what he thought, but it's so funny because they're they're the Blue Lives Matter people. But you're not worried about wasting the Blue Lives time. Mm hmm. Oh my God, that's such a good point. It's exactly yes. what it is. I just came up with that. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Wasted Blue Lives Time. So oh my God. Um, thank you for reminding me of that. That was super fun. And one of my favorite moments was I remember dancing and one of the women was like yelling nastily and she had maybe a three-year-old with her. And not only am I the uh, anti-choice whisperer, but I'm also the baby whisperer. And that baby just kept reaching for like, me. <laughs> oh my and god! I was like, "You want to play with me, don't you?" And his mother's like trying to hold him back, and it's like he's <sighs> gonna leave you when he turns eighteen. That's that's one thing. You are the anti-choice and baby whisperer for sure. That's like one of the things I remember about you. You have such. I mean, not only do you, are you so charismatic on stage with your stand up and like everything you do, but like you sit there every time we were outside of a clinic and you would talk to these people and I feel like you would somehow win them over or like you weren't afraid to talk to them. And I think that's such a great quality. I was, I was scared. I, you, I looked up to you because you could just like go and talk to anybody. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I mostly wanted to just get to the bottom of their bullshit, you know, because there was one guy, I remember Atlanta. I don't know if you were with us, but I'm talking to him and then he lets me know that he has like five kids at home. And I'm sitting here like, who is with your children? <laughs> you you want to save these babies, but you ain't worried about your own kids at home. <laughs> so what your wife is just chilling with five kids and you out here yelling at women. I'm yelling at you. Now I'm yelling at you. You need to go home and take care of your babies. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, it's people the hypocrisy. Are nuts. And if you talk to them enough, they talk themselves into something dumb because they don't have an argument. Mm-hmm. Have an argument. So I just like to ask questions. And you're good at it. Um, you so I know you from being in New York, like you you have done so much. You were the opener to the Patriot Act for a long time on Netflix. You were like the warm-up comic for that show. And yes. you were like passed at like all of these clubs around the city. And for people who know what don't know what passing is, what exactly is that? Passing is a good thing in this case. Um, <laughs> that's meaning that you get to work <laughs> at the club 
No, but the irony is I was only technically passed at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, I didn't work. Really? It seemed like you were doing... I didn't really work the other clubs. I I, I guess I would say maybe Stand Up New York. I I would work there occasionally, but I was passed at the Comedy Cellar, and that's mostly the club I worked in. If I did like a Caroline's or any of those other clubs, it would be on somebody else's show, not because the club booked me. And mm. um, and I'm thankful to actually announce that I was never passed by the stand and I've never wanted to be. And I'm happy that that club never worked me. So there. <laughs> <laughs> Slam. Um, bam. But like, so your, your life kind of took um, a turn because you, you left New York when the I pandemic did. happened, right? And you went a to Atlanta. In. A couple of months in, yes. In August, I moved down here and made the decision around July. It was pretty quick. Or May, May. Made the decision in May, flew down in July to check out some places, found a spot, came back, packed everything up, and bounced. I can't, what, I mean, for, I know it's probably for obvious reasons, but like, was the pandemic just like the nail in the coffin or had you been kind of tired of New York or what was the the main reasoning for you to go? There are three main reasons, but I, I mostly, I wasn't tired of New York because working, once again, working at the cellar, if, if, if I wasn't on tour with Abortion Access Front, if I wasn't on tour with, you know, some of my friends or doing things, I was working in the city. And I mean, thankful for the seller because it kept me paid like an actual job, like my nine to five when I was in the city. So once the seller shut down, I was like, why am I paying this rent? Uh, yeah. And, and when will this be coming back? And I'm not sure. So it was that decision of being like, oh, the only reason we're paying this crazy rent is to have the proximity to New York, is to have all the access to the things that were now shut down. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother lives in Stone Mountain, Georgia. So I was like, oh, and the rent is half for double the space. Oh, my God. And I could vote. I, I literally was like, I want to come vote in uh, the election. And man, you can't tell me shit. I turned Georgia blue. Yes. No, I have no doubt that you had a responsibility in that because you're so, you're an activist. You've always been politically active and you like put your money where your mouth is. Like you would go out and you, you do stuff and your feet are on the ground. What was that like being involved in the, in Georgia during the election? Cause that's exciting. It was crazy because I mean, you know, he called, the secretary of state, he lost Georgia by like 15,000 votes or something. I don't know what the last final count was, but it was something like 15,000. It was some really ridiculously low amount. And I was like, that's probably the amount of people that moved from Brooklyn. (laughs) 15,000 people didn't move from Brooklyn to Georgia last last in 2020. Mm -hmm. That happened. And then when it came to the runoffs, um, Ossoff and Warnock, Ossoff won by 30,000, something like that, 35,000. Oh and I, it was so, it's just the best feeling. It's the best feeling, especially 
now because of everything that's happening. You know, like the fact that Georgia hasn't been blue in whatever, 20 years, 20 plus years. And I had an influence on that. Like, you know, in New York, you vote, you know, you, you want to vote, you vote. But, you, you know, you're like, New York's going to go, go blue. blue. New York's going to go blue. Georgia going blue. I, I'm getting T-shirts made. I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> it's so historical. Is it's that a word? His- historic? Historic. I'm it's an idiot. His- it's historic. It's historic. historical. It's historic <laughs> historic-ish. It's all the historics. And I am so freaking proud to be... Um, involved in that. I'm so proud to be a part of that. You're not going to shut me up for it for probably the rest of my life. <laughs> it's going to be on my gravestone. Joelle Tar Georgia oh Blue. Oh my God. Were you at any, like, I know it's still the pandemic, but were there like celebrations outside, like fireworks, like anything was, was that happening in Georgia when, when they won? I got dressed up on, what was it? It was that Saturday we all yep. found out. Um, and it was pretty quiet. I live in Atlanta proper. I live in the city. I live around a whole bunch of rainbow flags. And I love it. Just talking about the other day, how people have to put in this house, we believe science matters on their lawn. In this house, we believe women's <laughs> rights are human rights. We believe like- love is love. Like that, Those signs are all over this area. And so um, the day that they announced it, it was quiet because the land is pretty quiet. But I put on a tutu, my Wonder Woman tutu that mm-hmm. we got on tour and just rode my bike around. And there were people celebrating in the streets. I... I, I line danced in the street with this black lesbian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lasting music. And I mostly, you know, wanted to stay away from people, but it was just that, that energy, like people beeping the horns and tailgating, you know, outside of their apartments. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But people were crying, you know, um, and I missed one of the bigger celebrations, but I don't mind that because I ain't really trying to be around people. Yeah. Yeah. So I rode my bike up this thing called the Beltline. Oh, you have a bike now? I I have an electric bike. Oh, my God. What am I doing in New York still? I I feel like you, I can see it on your face. Like you're kind of just, you seem so happy. You you do. I'm happy to be talking to you. I also have therapy twice a week. So that is helpful. I, I have an individual therapist and a couple therapists. So that is helping me. But um, I love yeah. that about you too. I was, I feel like it was always awesome to talk about like mental health with you. Like we, we would, you know, we worked together for like, I don't know, two years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say yeah. like, and you know, we'd be in the office randomly and I'm such an, um, an advocate for mental health too. So I just love that. Like you're so out about it and like, yeah, go to therapy. I am too. I just think it's like, especially now I feel yeah. like people should get a therapist. I think you posted about, you posted that at when the the pandemic happened or something. You did like a Instagram post. Right before winter, I was really thinking about how, especially in, you know, the colder areas and people having to stay in the house. I was like, y'all, y'all need to talk. Everyone needs to talk to a professional and talking to your best friends is not the same. No. And, and, you know, because it's like, I, I'm happy in this moment, but... (laughs) You should holler at me yesterday. I was like, I don't. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we're going to have those moments and you got to talk to somebody about it. So yes, I am, I'm a out and proud therapy person (laughs) and an out and proud abortion haver. So. Oh my God. I love, they need a flag for mental health advocacy. Like they're the, 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 uh, you know, gay, lesbian, they have the rainbow flag. I don't know yes. what the mental health flag would be, but I would fly that shit uh, yes. in front Just of my a apartment. throbbing brain. A brain yeah. and a heart. That's what it should yeah. be. Brain <laughs> and heart together. Yes. Oh my God. Um, so yes. I want to talk about this cruise because, so the, I went on the Melissa Etheridge cruise, which is, you know, it was Melissa, Melissa Etheridge. It was Paula Cole, Jill Solbule. I went with Jill. Um, yes, Jill. So, yes, who who has been very active with us, gone on tour with us, um, and it was such an experience that I I brought a camera person with me, and I filmed the experience, and it has yet I have yet to edit it. Hashtag things I need to be doing, but um, it was so specific, and I didn't actually know that these kind of things happened but the more that I research it it like happens all the time and you just before the pandemic last year went on the impractical jokers cruise yes <laughs> I can't I believe can... yes can, what you're saying can't believe what no like I, it was I'm so interested on what that was like especially right when corona was like about to blow up Yes. Um, okay. So I went on the Impractical Jokers cruise in February of last year for Valentine's Day. And then I went on the Joko cruise and we left March 7th. So this is two separate cruises back to back during a global, like as the pandemic is developing. So in February, it, was, it wasn't as scary. I was wearing um, a mask. In the air, I had I started. You were because mm-hmm. people weren't wearing masks until like April, May here. So it's good on you that you were like prepared and were wearing it. Yeah, I started wearing one of those um, the bandanas that they give you for like Bonnaroo for the dust and stuff like that. Just this cute little floral thing. Um, mostly because when I'm on the airplane, if I fall asleep, my mouth is wide open. So <laughs> tracking flies. Yes, exactly. So what I would what I would usually do is if I had a scarf on the plane, I'm wrapping that scarf around my head. You've seen me in a car wrapping a scarf around <laughs> or like over my head looking crazy. And when and like once I heard about the pandemic, I was like, I travel a lot. Maybe I need to be masking up. So I started masking up late December, early January, because I was flying a lot. And we get to, I think we flew at, at a Fort Lauderdale for the Impractical Jokers cruise. First of all, I went from Rochester. Where blizzard. the swim from? I went from a blizzard in Rochester <gasps> oh my to the Bahamas. That's that was where. So I had to pack a winter coat and oh, that a bathing sucks. suit. Sucks. <laughs> it was crazy. That sucks. It was so crazy and. I forgot my passport in no. Brooklyn because I'm thinking Rochester and I forgot about um, the Bahamas. So luckily my roommate FedExed my passport overnight and it made it to Florida. It was amazing how it just was like 
it turns out they could have got me on the um, boat, but I'm just happy I didn't need to go through those channels being the only black female <laughs> entertaining on the cruise. Um, you were the but, only black female doing stand-up on this cruise? I was. Wow. I was. Yes. And let's just say I, I love um, Sal Volcano. Shout out to Sal. He got me on that cruise and it was great money. It was a great vacation. But those fans. <laughs> Something else, I'm sure. Those fans are different. Those fans are different. For example, um, in the dining hall one day, there were two different men who were not together. They both had on Bush Reagan 84 shirts. What? Uh, I think that was the shirt. Bush Reagan 84, if I'm being accurate when he I'm, was running. I think you're right. Yes. And they both walked into the dining hall and I was just flabbergasted. I was like, wait a minute. Y'all aren't together. Like these are just your shirts <laughs> packed for a cruise. <laughs> like you was like, wait till and, and you can you tell they planned both it. You planned this. Wait till they see my Bush Reagan. What? What? What in the MAGA? What in the <laughs> like crispy ones too? These shirts ironed. Ironed and looking new. How you have on a, a new looking Bush Reagan shirt. And I had to go up to them. I almost took a picture with them because I asked both of them. I was like, y'all aren't together? And they're like, no, isn't this crazy? And we both have on these. <laughs> I'm like, do you like black people? I don't have to ask that question because I know you don't. There's no way you do. There's no way you do it. Zero percent. You're still holding on. Oh my God. So, yeah, I would just say that um, a lot of those fans were extremely interesting um, being around them. They were not there for uh, the other comedy. It seemed like the comedians were placeholders for whatever the jokers were doing. So, uh. so it was rough for our shows, actually, because they would just kind of come in and out drunk. You know, oh, just, just like sit for a couple of minutes, walk in and out. So we had a lot of traffic walking in and past our shows. It it was um it was work. We worked. We worked. We worked. Had a great time, but it was definitely it was definitely work. Performed every night. It was it was a four night cruise, and um, yeah, it, it was work. And if I ever go to the Bahamas, I will be on a private beach because like vomit. <laughs> Vomit public beach in Ooh, really? Oh my god! It was first of all, you know, it's all their their whole economy is tourism. So you're shuttled off of this cruise ship into an area that is so congested and targeted for tourists that you can't not get approached. And you know, Bahamians are aggressive as hell. They are hustlers, so. They see you and they're like, oh, you clearly are American. Let me roll up on you. You want some shells? You want some uh, magnets? But you're on the beach, the public beach, and you don't get a moment of of rest because someone's trying to sell you something. I want to say every five to 10 minutes, someone is coming up to you. I had braids in my hair and women were coming up to me asking me if if I wanted my hair braided. Do you see? It's already oh, done. <laughs> you can, but you can just tell they were on autopilot because they they walk up to one, yeah. hair braiding miss, hair braiding miss, hair braiding miss, hair braiding miss. Five to ten women asked me, hair braiding miss. I'm like, 
Are you? So you want to take them out and do them again? These are my cruise braids, bitch. You can't see these are fresh. What? Like, what? Were did you happen to be in the same area that the fire fest was supposed to be? I have absolutely no idea, but um, the beach was <laughs> it was it was pretty terrible. It was a pretty terrible <laughs> beach, and then a couple of other comedians. Um, I don't know if you know Keith Robinson, but uh, Keith. I've heard is, of him. Yeah, he's an older, old school comic, and he is extremely bougie. So he was like, "I'm gonna go pay for the beach at like this hotel," and they went and paid. And in retro, I I would do that. I would pay for a private beach because that the incessance of of getting approached. Oh my god! Too much. The, a similar yeah. thing happened to me when we went to um, this place in Mexico and then Belize. So we mm-hmm. went into the, uh, the the Caribbean, and I so we paid to get sh- shuttled on a bus to somewhere like fifteen minutes away, and we were like, "Whew! Finally." Yes this this yeah. whole tourism racket is off my back yeah, um so yeah. that's like a thing with these cruises i don't think people realize like when you you go when you get off the boat it's like it's kind of there for people to attack you to like for you to buy shit yes yes completely inundated and we um luckily got out of that but for the cruise karaoke killed the cat um are these two <laughs> These two guys that do karaoke, so much fun. So much fun. I had so much fun with them um, all four nights because I actually hate karaoke, but they made it fun. I don't fun. like karaoke either. And I love music. I don't know what it is. You're my music person. We yes. bond We bond yes. over music um, choices. Mm-hmm. And I usually hate karaoke, but I had a good old time with them. I drank a lot. Did you have an all-inclusive, uh, like, VIP drinks included situation? Yes, for us, for the um, for the entertainment, our drinks and stuff were in our, like, areas right before we got on stage. So it would be like, we get to a bar, and they'd be like, oh, $30 for a drink. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to walk, even if I'm not performing yet, I'm going to go all the way to the... Um, oh, for sure. To the, yeah, to the VIP it's section. It's a ripoff. Drink, 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 and then come back out into the streets. And then by, you know, like the second, third day, the fans, um, you know, that that were like, oh, clearly because I was like one of five black people on the boat, maybe. Oh, jeez. So I stuck out like a sore freaking thumb. One of my friends, Adriana Pellucci, she goes, you're going to stick out like a thumb on this cruise. I'm going to blend in with the trash. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, like Joe List, another comic, he's... Oh, he's hilarious. After, yes, after one of his sets, he just puts his hat on and, like, pulls it down, and he was like, no one's going to recognize me now. But me, you know, I'm almost six feet tall walking on that cruise, so I did get a lot of attention. And the fans that were coming up were sweet. Um, when I first got in, I had a room with, like... A window this big facing oh, out to the water. Yeah. And Sal was like, oh no, and made sure that we got a um a balcony. Good. Room. Yeah. And it was it was great. It was it was great. I had a good time. I definitely had a good time. Um it wasn't that the shows weren't easy, but I had a good time. Did you get seasick 
the whole time I had to wear those bands that put a pressure point on your right here on your wrist. I, I had to have them on the whole time because I would have gotten a little bit woozy if I didn't. I did not get seasick, but uh, I don't get seasick. And fast forward to the Joko cruise. The first day of the Joko cruise was choppy water, like choppy as hell, where the boat was moving. Like people were having trouble walking. The boat was moving so crazy. And everyone, especially all the entertainers, got sick. I was one of the only people that didn't. And I was like, oh, wow, I actually don't get seasick. That's you know, I got all the allergies in the world. Thank you, God. Yeah. Taking something Cats, off my plate. Yeah. Dogs. Everything. Freaking wind. Oh, my God. Well, um, so when I was, like, reading up on going on a cruise, like, the big thing that people are, like, be careful of is, like, you don't want to get norovirus. So mm-hmm. I guess you, like, shit your pants or something when you get norovirus. But having it be this corona times where in a week before like every place shut down were they even talking about corona were they putting in extra like precautions at all on the boat because because like a week later all the cruises on earth were like docked so um for the jokers they asked questions so we're talking the timeline this was february 10th i think we took off so they asked questions they asked where you've been and they asked if you were feeling any symptoms. I'm not sure what they did for the um, regular humans that weren't entertaining, <laughs> but for the entertainers, they asked questions. Fast forward to March 7th, John Hodgman couldn't get on the boat because he had just been in Italy. So he was supposed oh, to be shit. on the cruise. He was supposed to come from Italy to get on the cruise. And that was like right when Italy it was, was like Italy. Crazy. Yeah. Italy was crazy and they didn't let him on the boat and they asked, um, they were asking way more questions. I think they took our temperatures and stuff like that before we, um, we got on that boat. But March 7th was the last day that they let cruise ships leave. So we were a part of the last cruise ships that left and our cruise ship was a week, which I will not. Too long. Too long. Entirely too long. And a week is entirely too long. <laughs> Our last cruise ship was the week. The cruises that left on the seventh that were two weeks and three weeks got quarantined on that damn boat. <gasps> wow. So you, when you got back, which you got back on March 13th, right? Or 14th, 14th you said? 14th, yes. You didn't have to quarantine? I'm not trying to out you at all, but like you're, um, you probably slid under the radar just oh. by like a day. All of us did because every time, you know, you're on a cruise, you don't have cell phone service unless you pay, I don't know, like $50 a day. So every time we turned on our phones mm-hmm. on the Joko cruise, it was like the world was ending. Oh my God. You literally left and then you came back and you're like, did everyone die? And we we, we didn't know if we were, we were like, is America going to be there when we get back? <laughs> The funniest moment happened. Um, I don't know if you know Amy Mann, uh, folk singer. I do. I follow her. Uh, yes. yes, Amy Mann. Yes. yes. Super awesome folk singer. But if anyone knows her, she has the most deadpan personality. Like she's completely just super chill, never over like a three. She was the one who told me and my friend that Tom Hanks <laughs> had coronavirus. <laughs> and the way she delivered it was just like, you know, you know, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. 
my God. What is going on? What is happening? I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't think we was going to be able to come back. Are you still Oh my there? God. Oh yeah. Did I, did I pause? No, my Am I still- uh, computer did something crazy. So. Oh, okay. Am yeah. I back? You are back. Oh my God. You are back. Uh, yes. And we're back. Um, holy crap. That's, that's yeah. like, that's pretty amazing. That's, yes. that's some luck. We were supposed to go to three islands. The first island we couldn't go to because the weather was so bad. And that was that choppy weather that was wrecking everyone. Like people were laying down on the stage. They couldn't. And I had to perform and I had on heels and I literally, I'm standing like legs open because the boat was rocking that much that I had to make sure I had a good stance while I was on stage. So if you see me in some of the pictures, my legs are just almost lunging because the boat <laughs> was doing something crazy. It was crazy. Cause I, I performed on the eighth and that was my last time performing. I two half hour sets um, with Mike Kaplan. That was um, oh, the, <laughs> the last time, but we, we were supposed to go to three islands. The first island we couldn't go to, um, Turks and Caicos mm-hmm. said, no, thank you. We will, not, <laughs> we will not be coming to our island. So they turned our boat around and then we were able to get off in the Dominican Republic. So we, we got off in the Dominican Republic and then we went back to the cruises private island. And, mm. uh, yeah, that was, um, my last day story is actually kind of crazy. I did shrooms, with my yes. best friend. Yes, until uh, <laughs> did shrooms. We're on the beach. It's great. It's the last day. Beautiful. We're having a great time. And when we get on the little ferry boat to go back to the ship, I just look over and I see someone's legs like dangling off of a pontoon boat and a dude jumps up and <gasps> starts doing CPR. Oh. And everyone on our side of the boat was like, <gasps> and we all like people just start crying and praying and we get back to the boat and find out that that dude died. It <gasps> had nothing, nothing to do with coronavirus. He had just had a heart attack in, in the um, uh, while snorkeling or whatever, and just happened to be snorkeling with like medical professionals, which is weird. Uh, what? You could just you could see the dude giving him CPR knew what he was doing, but uh, yeah, that was so crazy. So imagine that happening while you're tripping. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Was it a passenger on the cruise? It was a passenger on the cruise. It was one of the, um, the Joko passengers and. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. It was, it was super sad, but I also am like, those guys are so like sweet and nerdy that I'm thinking like, if you go go. That's the way I guess. (laughs) You snorkeling in the Caribbean. there's worse ways to go. There are worse ways to go. But also know that um, a lot of people die on cruise ships. Really? Not only a lot of people die, but uh, you can like get away with crimes on cruise ship. Patriot, Patriot Act did an entire episode of it. Like people be murdering people and pushing people off boats. And, such, and because you're in international waters, there isn't necessarily any jurisdiction depending on where it happens. And motherfuckers be getting away with crimes <gasps> on cruise ships. So, oh my god! Well, that also the that in the news, the the grandfather. I almost feel bad for him who dropped the like three year old toddler on a cruise like last year. Yeah, he 
I think he got like, he's going to jail for like a couple of years. I could have that wrong, but like. Dropped the toddler off the cruise ship? Yes, but like on accident. I think he was like showing the toddler something and she, the, the toddler fell and, and died. It was, it was really um, sad. I've been on cruise ships. Uh, if you are holding a toddler up, like it's, a, I won't even hold my cell phone off yeah. the edge of the cruise ship. <laughs> you gonna hold the baby, sir? You deserve to be in jail. You be seeing people taking pictures, and it's like if you don't get your phone off off the other side of of the thing, your phone is out. Why is your phone out here? I can't. Uh-huh. I can't imagine. Uh, but you gonna hold the baby up? No, no, no. Oh my god. Well, I so. do know. I also know that. Um, cruises, they do have a a place for bodies. Yes, yes. All cruise ships have um, like a a freezer for to preserve. Uh, so, so knowing that, because usually you're not going to know if somebody dies on a cruise ship. Oh. We knew, and the only reason we knew was because we'd seen you it. Saw and it, and then you know, Joka, uh, Jonathan Colton, and all the guys um, told us, you know as being the technically an employee of the ship. So the rest of the cruise shippers, like they didn't make an announcement that somebody had died, but the few people that knew about it knew. And you're just like, oh, we are literally on this boat with, with a, a body. Oh my God, you had, to, you had to like sail with the dead body. I mean, I guess that makes sense because you have to bring yeah. it back to where he's from to bury yeah, you're it. Not, yeah, you're not leaving, <laughs> leaving him on this <laughs> private island. They, they had to bring him back. So rest in peace to that dude, not making light of his no, death. No, 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 um, no. But that was, cra- it was just a crazy moment. Like I'm on shrooms, it's the last day, it's a pandemic. We don't know if we can get him back. To what's going to happen when we get back to America. It was like a race because New York shut down that Monday. I got back that Friday, got back to New York, and New York shut down that Monday. Oh, So it was like God. a race against the clock. Beyonce always in. <laughs> got back in time. Like, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Oh, my God. Well, so since the pandemic. Yes. So you moved to, you moved to Atlanta, got out of New York, and obviously... Like you said, you're not performing. Are you doing any like Zoom stand-up things? I know what you said. You, I know because I work at SiriusXM and I used to run into you all the time. You used your, I think you're you. What show are you on now? Are you on Karen Hunter still? Yeah, Karen Hunter on Friday. She does Foolishness Fridays, and I'm on there pretty almost every Friday these days. Uh, it's a three-hour show. Uh, love her so much. And she just, you know, wants comedians on for Foolishness Fridays because she's so serious for the whole week. And then on Friday, she's like, let's let our hair down and try to, you know, make light of all this mess that's happening right now. So, yeah, I do. um, I do Zoom shows and radio and podcasts and self-tape auditions. I got an agent when I got down here. So, oh, my God, that's great. Yeah, because they're shooting a lot of stuff in Atlanta. This is going to be the new Canada because it's too impossible to get into Canada right now and too expensive. So, oh my God. Yeah, are you, have you shot anything? Not yet. I'm auditioning, auditioning. So we will see. (laughs) Oh my God. Pray for me. We're going, we're crossing our fingers for some Marvel shit. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Oh my God. Are you a huge Marvel fan? Marvel. I, I said Mar. Did I say Marvel? I don't know what I said. Marvel. <laughs> I, I I took it to to say Marvel. I don't know what you said, but I heard Marvel. Uh, I I mean, it's just fun. You know, superhero stuff is fun, and 
I'm not one of those huge like, oh, the Easter egg was the fact that oh, the blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't know all that. I just have fun. And Black Panther was just so beautiful to see and to watch and to see all the black people on the screen. And, um, and they, you know, they shot some of that down here. So they're, they're going to be doing more things down here more of that so I'm just happy to be getting the auditions and getting an acting coach so that I can be proper with my auditions so I'm trying to make that pivot oh my god I mean it's it's crazy being a performer right now I mean you're you're seeing I don't know do you do you know any other performers that are like totally bummed totally bummed out about this or have have you do you think that a lot of comics have kind of made the pivot and are kind of leaning into like how you have to do things now. Comedians are all over the place. My friends are all over the place. Um, my friends that I love the most are the ones who are taking this as serious as I am and realizing that we don't need to be calling for groups right now. And I'm starting to get a little um, more considering performing. Now that we're a year in, I would be willing to maybe do something outside but Atlanta is wide open. They are performing in comedy clubs down here. Really? Yeah. So everything's pretty open. much open. Everything's open. And then in New York during the summer, it was like, you know, people doing outside shows. I wasn't for that. I, because of the fact that I know comedians are super irresponsible. <laughs> and, yes. You know, you're going to show up with a mask, but what are we drinking? Are, are, we, are we dancing? Are we having fun? So then... Well, hugging and masks are down and everything like that. So I was completely against performing outside. Um, and my friends, like I said, the ones that I respect still yeah. <laughs> are not are not performing. You know, they're staying in. So now I, I consider it like um, a friend of mine's down here and he was like, can you open this garage show for me? So like the door of the garage would be open. I can't make it. But I was considering it, and, that, and this is the first show I've, I've considered doing that is not on Zoom. So am wow. I very sad, though? Yes. Yeah. That's what we, we keep talking about in therapy. My therapist was like, you're mourning. You're in mourning. Yeah. You're in mourning. You lost your career. And I was, cr- you know, I was crushing it, man. I was all over the place. You were. Holy shit. It was all over the place. And then for that to come to a screeching halt and for, you know, so much that was on my calendar to just get wiped off, that was a jarring reality. And, you know, it took a long time to come to terms with it. So I'm not out yeah. yet. Oof. I'm, out yet. I'm supposed to go to California in April. So we will see. <laughs> oh, yeah, for a gig? Yeah, yeah, for a showcase. And I... It was supposed to be in December, but they had to cancel it because that's when L.A. was shut, shutting down. And once again, Beyonce always on beat because they scheduled it. <laughs> and then L.A. was shutting down. And my mother's like, my mother was so concerned. She's like, are you still going to L.A.? Have you read the news about L.A.? And I was like, look, ma, they're flying me out. If they still say go, I'll go. But do I want to? You know, and luckily they... They uh, nixed it and they rescheduled it for April. So we will see, but. Oof. Um, <laughs> a quick question that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Did the puffy chair that I helped move with you 
make it down to Atlanta? <laughs> it did not. It is no. New Jersey at my cousin's house. I was so sad to leave the love sack, um, but she is holding on to it for me um, because, of course, I wasn't going to like what? give that away. That's not happening. So a family member is holding on to me. And she said, she was like, I'm keeping this. I was like, no, no. When I move or when I figure out how to get it down here, I'm, I'm taking it back, you know, cause that's, Oh my God. It was such thing. a, it's, it's such a coveted, uh, piece of furniture. Um, just like a quick recap. It was, everyone wanted to sit on this huge love sack in the club house when we were working at Lady Press Justice and it was so comfortable and you loved it so much and I'm so glad that you ended up with it <laughs> yes, because help me move yeah. it up the stairs oh my god we were shoving it in a car in the back drove to your house yeah. <laughs> it was it was hilarious I, yes. I I loved every second of and it you did a great <laughs> job of me of not letting it touch the floor because I was like if this thing like rolls down the steps in my disgusting apartment oh. stairwell I would have had to like throw it in the garbage <laughs> oh they've set it on fire really right so oh very God. thank you thank you for that all these oh my memories. god I yeah. know. Holy shit. Well, I just like, I can't wait for like your hour special to bl- like to blow up even more because you're so talented. Album. Dropping oh, wait. an album. Wait, you're dropping an album? Yes. I'm dropping an album. I'm t- um, with Blonde Medicine. Uh, we are getting it together now and it should be coming out around June. So oh my God. yeah, we're getting well, it together. I'm Everyone excited. needs to buy it and download it and listen to it because you're just you're just so funny. You've, you've opened for Chappelle, like you've just like you've been doing Santa for so long, and like just watching you, like when we would we would perform and tour all over the country, like it was just so fun to watch you. You're so good, and I just Aww. hope everything works out and is good for you. I miss I, you. I know I miss you too. I miss watching you guys perform just because it's like that sketch and the improv. Is, is the different side of the brain and the way you guys would come up with a sketch together and perform it or even come up with like on the fly, like I'm in the car, we're in the van and you guys are throwing your ideas back and forth. And I'm like, oh, what's this about to be? Like, we don't we don't know what it's about to be. You guys are coming up with it now. That was right now. Uh, super fun to observe. And I really miss that. I miss the road. I miss being out. I miss airplanes. Ugh. I miss traveling. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's so much, there's so much. And I'm, I'm happy that you're still doing, like, you're able to do like the Karen Hunter gig and, and all of this stuff too, because I, I will say like having my job, it's serious and being able to, to be on the air every day has like really helped me through this pandemic. I feel some sort of connection even though yeah. I'm like alone in my apartment in this room, it's, it's been such a, such a help. So I'm glad that yeah. you have that outlet too. I th- want to thank you so much for talking to me. Oh my God. We've been talking for like 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> all right. Have a beautiful day. Yeah. You too. All right. Thank you to Joyelle and you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Joyelle Nicole. And once again, thank you to Melissa and the mannequins for the theme song. Bye guys. <laughs>